Welcome back to Anyone Can Play Guitar, the podcast where we try to learn every Radiohead song on the guitar in order. My name is Dawson Diaz. And I'm Nick Kendallsperger. A lot of these songs are in, in rainbows are pretty difficult to get right. It takes a lot of effort. But it's so much fun that I don't mind. I know that you had mentioned during Hail to the Thief, like, you know, you'd work so hard and then you'd be left with a song from Hail to the Thief, which didn't seem quite worth it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just like, and also it is hailed as a guitar album, but it's just like not fun to play on the guitar. And it's just learning these songs, like throw that into sharper relief that they're not fun on the guitar, the Hail to the Thief songs. I mean, even they're there, which is fun. Because it sounds nice. It's not as though like, ah, I had to like really practice that for a long time before it sounded like something. No, I mean, I would, I've just been playing the one part in Nude where you just uh, over and over again. Yeah, and that, like, like just one little part of the song and it's so magical. Yeah, that nice sweep picking. You can really get obsessed with. I don't think I have it down. It's hard. I, I mean, I practiced it when I was a teenager for... A whole week and then i had it down but then if you don't do it then you sort of forget how to do it and it's much easier on the electric than on the acoustic it is very hard okay all right well before we get in we're gonna play our favorite game which is spot the alternative rock riff are you ready austin i'm ready i think i think you think you're ready this is 2007 it was a weird year i think first one up I know this one. This is Feist. It's a. I loved Feist during that time. It was amazing. Yeah, you know what was that? uh, What's that super group that she was in? What is that? Broken Social Scene. Broken Social Scene. Like, I mean, that's a good band. Okay, I never got into that band. I don't know why. Ah, wow. Okay. Well, hopefully we don't have any Canadian (laughs) listeners that you just sort of trashed. Check out Broken Social Scene again. Okay, I will. All right. Ooh, okay. Um, so this is that Hey Delilah. Yep, so, Hey Delilah. By the plain white, plain white tees, plain white t-shirts. Plain white tees, yeah. Okay. Now, if you get into it, it does <coughs> this thing. It goes. Which uh, we're gonna. There's gonna be another B minor that's gonna come up here in another song. Right. That does that descending sort of thing on the True. on the guitar? Different picking uh, pattern. But. Yeah, I was not a fan of this song when it was released, but it's not, I mean, I don't think the lyrics are not that interesting, but it's kind of fun to play on the I, guitar. I'm just say. glad that it wasn't uh, out when I was in high school, because okay. I definitely would have played that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. for some high school crushes and yep. would have just lived through regret the memory. Yeah, it's sort of like our generation's, uh, what was it, the time of your life, that Green Day song? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah or like uh crash by the dave matthews band okay we got to keep moving here again there we go all right yeah this is the underdog by spoon from that's right ga 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 it's five times that's right There we go. There we go. 
Okay, good job, good job. Favorite Spoon album, that one? Yes, for sure. Okay. I like a lot of their albums, I guess. I know the one before Ga 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 is Gimme Fiction, which I think is my favorite. I like that um, one. And then the one before that one, though, I also like a lot. Yeah, well, that they they has that <laughs> one really good song. All right, last one. So that's the first single on Arcade Fire's Neon Bible. Oh, right. Right. I forgot about that. It's album. called Intervention. That is that is like an Arcade Fire album I just not returned to. Yeah. Since 2007. I totally forgot about that song. Yeah. And it's, I, it's okay. Um, there's a few songs on Neon Bible that I do like. Um, like, what is it? The Antichrist Television Blues? Is that the name of it? Oh, I mean, that we was... saw that concert. We did. Um, which is the only time I've seen Arcade Fire in concert. We saw them in, okay. in Manhattan. I, if I'm going to listen to Arcade Fire, which I guess is still okay, I'm not sure these days if we can. Yeah, how do you feel about that? Do we feel I mean, like... He's, he's obviously a creep, but there's so many people in that band. But if I'm going to go back and listen to Arcade Fire, I just listen to the two. I listen to Funeral or I listen to The Suburbs. Um, I like Reflector, too. I I couldn't get into it. It was weird, though. When Everything Now came out, I was like, this is no good at all. And I was so confused what yeah. happened. But it sounds like he was having trouble then. Okay, well, you did really well, except for the the last, That's last true. one, which I yeah, pulled it out. That because- was the lead single from their second album. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, but I didn't, I mean, yeah, I just haven't returned to that one at all. And there's only so much uh, disc space in this it's true. aging brain. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I think we need to finally get back to Radiohead. Okay. So we're moving on back to In Rainbows. And the first song is Weird Fishes. feel about this song i think i know it's embarrassing how many buttons this song pushes for me we're talking about radiohead with lots of picked guitars interlocking over a swift drum beat i mean yeah i think we're in sort of letdown territory with this the way that the song is technically in 4-4 but then the guitar lines are you're just off of that and they run off of it like the whole song it just feels like wildly more mysterious than it should be. I mean, because they're running on different time signatures, but it's almost like when I really try and think about it, it's almost as though the, the guitars are playing in canon. Do you know what I mean when I say that? No, no. Like Explain. A, a canon is where I think the most famous version is like the Carol of the Bells, where it's like, you know, it starts like that. Da, 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 and then the second voice comes in and starts, mm. you know, like a me- uh, measure later with the same thing. And so it's like this, it's around, I guess is another way to put it. 
if you're talking about classical music, it's a canon where it's the same parts almost, but they're starting at different points. I realize that it's also different type signatures, but it's it's like this canon and they're like just sort of swirling around each other. Whereas like with Letdown, you just had that guitar part that was just always in a different type of signature. But then you had a strummed, like the strummed and the drums and the bass were the same. Whereas this would like everyone's kind of on their own journey through this song. Yeah, that's probably a good way to put it. Yeah, how do you feel about it? I mean, I love it. It's I, <laughs> it's, it's astounding. I'm just sort of like laying Easter eggs or whatever for my case against this binary theory that I guess we're going to have to talk about. So I bris- I'm bristling at any sort of comparisons to OK Computer. <laughs> OK, that's fair. I gotcha. I'm, I'm against the binary theory as well, but we'll, we'll discuss it more yeah. in theory later. This song doesn't sound like Letdown at all, but it has the same idea of a relatively straightforward song sounding much weirder than it does. But what always gets me about, I don't should I get into this yet? True, do it. We can always. Should I do it? You can always edit it around. <laughs> I think that this has the best lyrics on the whole album. Uh, I think that it's just kind of astounding. And they aren't flashy lyrics. I, I know this song, I said it sounded like Letdown, but it also reminds me so much of uh, Kid A in the sort of dream-like state of that album Hmm. and you know all of these lyrics and things seem to point to like you can totally read this as being like just you're a fish in the sea (laughs) (laughs) like straightforward but it's also like there's some really deep things that you can sort of that you can create meanings with here very much in the psychology sort of frame uh you know in the deepest ocean why should i stay here why should i stay i'd be crazy not to follow turn me on to phantoms it's a whole album of being excited about just mysterious unexplained phenomenon and whether uh, and chasing after that and what that means to a person so you you could make these lyrics mean almost anything you know it could be like Someone who is, you know, tantalized by, you know, leaving their little hometown and going far away and that sort of thing. They are just all about death. I mean, a lot of this album is about death, I would argue. And I think this is, or the fear and the release of death. And I feel like this is one of the songs that's more about the release of death. Because there is this wonder about it. It's funny that you go to Kid A because my mind immediately went to Pyramid Song from Amnesiac, which is also have these has these dual meanings where it's also about wonder, but it's also yeah. like you have this very strong connection to the Egyptian Book of the Dead, which is about death. I mean, and until now, those have been the best lyrics I've found in the Radiohead catalog. Yes. Um, Pyramid Song. These are close, yeah. I mean, I just am chilled by some of these. You know, everybody leaves if they get the chance. Yeah. And this is my chance. It doesn't sound depressing because it sounds so hopeful and freeing because the guitars are just magical during that point. So the whole time it has this like wonder of it Mm. of like, yes, we can do this. And then, of course, it gets to the point where we get eaten by the worms. Yeah. (laughs) And weird fishes. 
So I get the idea that you could say that is like kind of falling on your ass maybe. But then there's also the release at the end of the I'll hit the bottom and escape. Which is like uh, the chords change. I mean, this is one of those, what did you call it? Terminally? Terminally climatic. Terminally climatic because, I mean, well, you have the bridge that where just it switches over to the B5, to the C5, to the A5, the mm-hmm. G5. And then, like, for that part, hit the bottom, you have this wonderful B minor 11, like... Mm-hmm. And then whatever this sort of C version chord is, like... <laughs> and then that... It's amazing. The guitars are so wonderful leading up to this part that I always forget about that change at the end. Because like Letdown, for example, like it doesn't change. It's the same chords the whole time. But this not. But you forget Mm-mm. that. It seemed, well, you just get into such a trance. Like looking at Phil's drum part is just the same for minutes. Yeah. He's playing... <laughs> And, you know, it's one of those parts that's like, it, it's not that difficult looking or seeming, but if you ever, there are some people who try to cover this song and you realize like none of them can quite pull it off yeah. because the drum part is is such a strange part. It's it's very swing, but if you get off even a little bit, it sounds wrong. Mm-hmm. Like you have to maintain such precision as you're going through it. It's insane. What was so interesting digging back into this song was the, you know, it was created, it sounds like, as a kind of computer song that Tom had. Did you see this? Uh, they did a live performance of it. I watched the live performance um, with the symphony. And yeah. that's fantastic. It's one of those things where, like, I don't know which version is my favorite. I'm, I, I totally know <laughs> what you mean. It sounds pretty astonishing as played by the orchestra. And then all these lines, you can hear how he created the different lines a little mm-hmm. easier to transform those all into guitar parts. I think, yeah, I, I prefer the In Rainbows version. Just It just sounds kind of ethereal at that point. Yeah. But it is amazing to see that that's where it started. And then they had to work so hard <laughs> to, like, transform that. Well, I mean, what's, um, it's amazing that it's, you know, I didn't, um, I didn't listen to any of the versions of these songs before this album came out. And we're going to okay. talk about two versions. We're going to talk about two songs where... I really wish that I had, so I would have even more of that surprise. And this is one, because I wonder about, like, if I had heard the orchestra version, where there's just not, I mean, like, there's no rhythm to that version at all. There's no rhythm to it. I mean, like, Tom dances somehow. He wiggles a bit, but it's like, what are you wiggling to? There's absolutely no rhythm in this song. And, you know, then to see that that's coming up, like, arpeggi, weird fishes, and the first thing you hear is drums. Like, you, I click in counting you know, so you know there's going to be a rhythm and then drums before everything else comes in. The sheer delight of that, when you realize, oh, wait, what are they doing? And then the guitars come in. Oh, they've just transposed everything to the guitar and layered it over Phil, just killing it. And it's crazy because Colin is there and he's almost playing as little as he possibly can for most of it. He's playing like just luxuriating in like one or two notes. He's like, everyone else is going crazy, and I get to be the chill one. Yeah, Colin is, I mean, I this will come up a couple times, but Colin, I feel like, is the, the VIP of this 
record. Every song morphs and I think his changed the most, you know, like all of a sudden at the end of this song, he has a pretty killer bass line that comes out of no. I mean, you're just like, what have you been doing, Colin? <laughs> yeah, that could have been at the beginning, you know, like that would have been like a bass riff that would have been pretty catchy that they could have used and is just thrown out at the very end. It's right. I mean, they, they could have like built a national anthem type song around that bass line. It's like one of those songs where you need to have a Brad Osborne grasp on music to properly articulate like why it is good. But I mean, I have his book right here. <laughs> And I have this section, like here's him talking about the drums. He talks about grouping dissonance. It continues articulating every third of the drum sets, four eighth note groupings, four hi-hats, which mark off a recurring strong weak backbeat for the entirety of the introduction. First half. <laughs> it's just like... You have to be like to- super technical to explain what's going on. But Johnny is the only one that's playing with a pick. Or do I, this did, is true. Did I see that? Yeah, right? Because Tom and Ed are finger picking. Yeah. So when I was learning the song, I was trying to pick it. And I'm like, God, this is going to take. Like, I just got so exhausted after playing it for like 30 seconds. Because it's, it's a really fast song. I'm realizing with this album and then like watching lots of the guitar tutorials online, like there's. Because I, I had noticed beforehand that like a l- younger generation of guitar players that you will find on like Instagram or YouTube or something, a lot of them play electric guitars with fingers, just fi- which is huh. just with their fingers, right? And like for me, that was sacrilege, right? Like you don't finger pick your electric guitar. And but there's all these younger kids like just finger picking and like playing solos, like Pink Floyd solos or something with finger picking. Oh, really? And then, you know, and the, but like as we're going through, these out, through this album and I'm looking at uh, the tutorials, all of these younger people are playing with their fingers. Like I wonder, because they're, they're playing with their fingers. Ed's playing with their fingers. Like Johnny, even at the Grammy performance, is playing 15 steps with his fingers. Yeah. I wonder if like, you know, this album is definitely something that turned a lot of younger people on to playing the guitar. Hmm. But it's so much of it with fingers. The only song that they've had an electric, whereas obviously that they played finger picking was Talk Show Host. Otherwise, you can't play any of their earlier songs that are electric without a pick. And we have to talk about at some point, like how this created a new generation of Radiohead fans, painfully younger than us. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. You know, and they are playing with their fingers. All right. Do you have anything else to say about weird fishes? Uh, yes. But just one thing like that I'm going to keep coming back to in that there's this weird, it's weird that at the beginning of the song, it counts, there's a count in because then it's just the drums. And I just want to highlight it because, you know, usually have a countdown when everyone's going to start. Oh, yeah, that's true. Together, right? But there's yeah. like, there's the album... I'm going to try and bring it up and I remember it. it's like littered with these, what I'm going to call off duty details. This is the idea that I've become sort of seized by in writing that in like books and short stories, you have what are called on and off duty details. So like on duty details are like important for the story and the narrative arc where off duty details are just like onion skins at the bottom of the bag that you have to empty out or like a bit of dust that you have to sweep off the steps 
you know, that create environment, but they're not important for what's going to happen. It's not really even characterization. It's just like, this is the world, you know, like the off-duty details are important because they're creating actually the world that the book or the story is taking place in, where on-duty details are about the plot, characterization, the momentum of what is being written. And I feel like this album has lots of off-duty details that sort of create this atmosphere. And like, that's an off-duty detail. You don't need that countin' because the song just starts with drums. But where does this song exist for you? Uh, you know, just out of sight of the coast of uh, the Cliffs of Dover or something. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty great, yeah. Like, you know that you would see them soon if you kept sailing, but you're not quite there yet. To me, it sounds like a very expensive studio, which is... A slight criticism, but only slight. Yeah, I, I'm wavering on how much I appreciate Nigel Godrich's uh, influence on these, not influence, production on these tracks. I, I feel the same. And I feel like this is his, there's no way you can look at the production and not be impressed by this, especially in comparison to Hail to the Thief. But it doesn't have the same magic as OK Computer, Kid A, and Amnesiac. But what's weird, though, is like a lot of these songs were actually recorded in castles again. Like they recorded some of them in studios. You know, we're, we'll get to this again because I feel like some of the later tracks on this album open up in a beautiful way that mm -hmm. is more reminiscent of a moon-shaped pool, which I think is an exceptionally beautiful album as far as the production is concerned. Okay, we got to move on. The next song is All I Need. it's here getting back to the climbing up the walls discussion that was a song that that you loved a lot when you were younger and i not tease you about it but just be a little confused that you thought it was the best song on okay computer mm -hmm. um, i thought we had a breakthrough discussion about it but i was left with this idea that i feel like they nailed what they were going for later on with all i need and so Coming to it has been just fascinating because they do both share this idea of this like release. But before I tell you which one I like more, I I'd love to know how you feel about this song. I love how it starts. I love where it is on the album because it's for some reason it's still just so surprising. Like this groove and the bass line. Oh, I mean, like that All I Need. There's so many songs that are called All I Need. 
Like if you just yep. search it, you know, I just wanted to listen to this one song and I typed in all I need and there, you know, there was a hundred of results before I got it to Radiohead. <laughs> no, it seems generic. It seems like, like, what are they doing? Right. But they immediately flip the genericism on its head just with the first line. And it's so dark and I love it. Um, I'm interested in what you think about it because I'd forgotten I hadn't made the climbing up the walls comparison so much I see that when you say it but I thought you were going to more compare it to you and whose army that it where it builds and you don't like these building Radiohead songs where there's Mm -hmm. this release and shouting and I mean this song is brilliant (laughs) it's so good (laughs) I'm trying to figure out how to describe I, I have I do have issues when Radiohead just like spends a lot of time just reaching like this climax and then gets loud. But this is an example of like, this is just, it's so astonishing what they're able to do at the end. There's almost nothing there for most of it. There's this bass line and the bass line sounds like it's a, a fourth, like just a standard bass line, but it's not. It repeats in this insane way in the James Donahue Radiohead book called Radiohead, The Stories Behind Every Song. He says, although the bass sounds like it's syncopated bars of 4-4, it's actually in a repeating three-bar unit or phrase of 4-4, 4-4, and 2-4. When Tom's voice enters in the verse, however, he sings and the other instruments play over it in phrases of 4-4. You know, there's no guitar part, really, to this song besides that base. The climbing up the walls ending, we had to create a new category to describe of like the most sonically impressive part of the whole album. And I think that this is is so interesting because it's not like a loud guitar blast. There's just noise and it fills your whole head, but you can still pick out things that are there. It's anchored by the piano, which is like... It's a hard playing piano part, but it's not going crazy, right? And it's, I don't know. I don't know how that works at all. It's fascinating with the time signatures. I mean, because there's like a, in trying to like just do something where I play it on guitar, like there's like a sort of a, there's a mediocre, like sort of Pearl Jam version of this song where it's like, You could see that on a Pearl Jam album. You're all I need. You're all I need. You know, like, it almost works that way. It could be even a singer-songwriter type of song. And it's just not. (laughs) Yeah, getting back to your, like, the sort of generic nature of the title and how he's able to just latch on to it and transform it. That's something actually REM is really good at doing. <laughs> um, I would getting back I into that. Know. <laughs> yeah, no. On their second album, South Central Rain, he, you know, Michael Stipe just says, "I'm sorry," and it's something that's so generic and and it should sound so lame, but he just he works so hard to get there, and then it gives such catharsis to the song. It shouldn't work, I guess, because the lyrics are so. I mean, these are really amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an animal trapped in your hot car. Yeah. Which I'm is all the days you choose to ignore. Right. Like it starts like that first verse, it starts out so 
It's like a bit generic, like I'm the next act waiting in the wings. Okay. I mean, we have that with blues travelers running around. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> I've heard this lyric before, right? But then it's yeah. like, I'm an animal trapped in your hot car. You're like, oh, well, this is getting, this is taking a turn. This is weird. Yeah. And then I'm all the days that you choose to ignore. And it's just like, it's this, this, this mundanity that you could just immediately identify with. And it's so dark. Yeah. And then like, you're all I need. You're all I need. I'm in the middle of your picture lying in the reeds. That made me think of there's uh, this picture or painting of Orphelia from Hamlet, uh, where she's fallen out of a willow tree into the river and she drowns. And there's like this, you can, there's this picture of her in the mid, like she's in the middle of the picture, but she's not really in focus. Like it's the vegetation that's in focus and she's in reeds and she's about to drown. Like she's already dying. And like, I wonder if that's, I, I don't, I don't probably not what he's talking about, but like, I just have that picture. And it's like yeah. the same effect of like, you're all I need, you're all I need. Wait, well, we're talking about like something creepy or something dead. So what's happening at the end it's all wrong. It's all wrong. It's all right. It's all right. It's all wrong. It's all right. Well, again, to return to what I think the, the, the idea of dying and death coming back is that there's just times in your life where it pops into you at four in the morning, like, hey, I'm going to die. And that sounds like awful. Right. That just sounds like the worst thing that could happen. I mean, like, you, I have two kids, I have a job, I have all these things I want to do. And then there's other times where it's like, yeah, like life has an end and there's this sort of release. And I mean, like not in a suicidal sort of way, but in a sort of like this is, you know, that gives meaning to things that there is an end. Uh, otherwise, we'd just be these sort of like crazy, you know, wine adult gods. That are never dying. That's what I feel like at the end of this. It's like sometimes it feels completely false and sometimes it feels the only thing that could be the truth. But it sounds so gorgeous at the end. Yeah. It's overwhelming in the way that it feels. How they able to put so much sound and yet it make it not lose, not become muffled or muddy. I do like this song more than Climbing Up the Walls. Oh. But going back to it, oh. you just realize how... Hey, I'm going to say something nice about it. Okay. You realize how different Climbing Up the Walls is. With that song, you can. it just feels like you're in the... Like that they're playing this in a warehouse or something. Like it sounds so metallic yeah. and open. And this feels like being in a very posh studio of like every sound is meticulously placed around your head. And so it's extremely, I mean, they're both great, but I do prefer this a little bit, but I do like that part of climbing up the walls. Okay. All right. You have anything else with uh, this we one? We've talked a long time. We've got, yeah, I don't know. It's getting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then we got to go on to, to the next one. Uh, it's not called wakey wakey. It is called, um, Oh my goodness, I just always call it the Wakey Wakey song. <laughs> Faust Arp. Faust Arp. There we go. One, two, three, four. Wakey Wakey, rise and shine, it's on again, off again, on again. 
watch me fall like dominoes in pretty patterns fingers in the blackbird pie i'm tingling 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 it's what you feel not what you are to what you are to reasonable and sensible dead from the neck up i guess i'm stuffed, stuffed nick i'm gonna guess something oh oh no I'm going to guess that you like this song a lot. I love this song. <laughs> I knew it. I wasn't going to say love. I was hedging. No, I really like it a lot. I, lo- I would love I love this song. I do. Um, it Once again, just it's like, man, they're just hitting all my buttons. It's embarrassing. This is a song they couldn't have even attempted on Hail to the Thief. It's got some Beatles White Album going on, which is not a bad place for me. And then it has that orchestra that, you know, there's string sections that run through it that's like Nick Drake, early 1970s, late 60s. You didn't, you know, you never know if it's going to, if it's inspired by the Faust tradition in Germany. I don't know. I don't, I didn't know very much about this. It's like the German version of like the devil at the crossroads myth. But apparently there's no connection that the Faust that he's talking about is just like the band where they have these songs with like, you know, acoustic guitars and, you know, lots of time signature changes. I was just so surprised when this song came on because you think you've got in rainbows figured out. And this is just a totally different thing than All I Need Was or Weird Fishes or Nude. Like, it's just, it's like Tom on acoustic, but I just wasn't prepared by for how much fun it would be to play. I thought it would be like a chore to learn this song, mm-hmm. but it's so much fun. <laughs> I will give the song that. It is interesting okay. and fun to learn on the, on the guitar. I've never mm-hmm. played this picking pattern before. It is apparently a quite established one. I went down a little bit of a finger-picking rabbit hole. I mean, like, there's just... Okay. Like, basically, there's these, like, finger-picking purists that say, like, there's these 25 picking patterns that you need to learn, and then you can, like, this is... You play the song this hmm. way, and you play the song with this picking pattern, and this is just a, you know, like a... The double bass picking pattern, right? Where, you, like, you hit the bass note... Twice, twice before yeah. you go. So that was fun. Otherwise, oof, this is a. Uh, I mean, like I like I don't dislike it, but it's the low point of the album for me. Oh, rough. <laughs> yeah, are you I'm, serious? It is, and I knew, I oh. knew, like I was like, oh, Nick loves this song. He loves it, and I'm gonna have to tell him <laughs> that it's the low point of the album. I just, ah, uh, you know, it's just this. The it's the direction that I don't like. These are my least favorite types of songs on the White Album. Uh, this is like the direction that I feel like Paul McCartney went into when he was just doing his solo stuff. I don't listen to any of the Nick Drake songs that have uh, string instrumentation. Oh. <laughs> and I'm not against strings, but I'm, I'm against these types of strings. I see the development that Johnny has and how he's written these strings. Like they're much more ornamental and their own beast when you compare it to something like um, Fake Plastic Trees and the strings on that song. But, you know, like when you listen to... uh, I don't know if you went back and listened to it, but I went back and listened to the score from There Will Be Blood, Mm -hmm. which also came out in 2007. And I mean, that music is brilliant i couldn't listen to the whole thing just because i was alone at home with the two boys and it's like it was creating such a weird dissonant 
atmosphere yeah, it's not in a our happy, apartment. Uh, <laughs> like the boys were just like, "What is going on? Like, why are we listening to this?" <laughs> yeah, Elliot didn't know what he was, what was going, you know, what was happening, and I was just, you know, those strings compared to these strings on this song. I don't know. I I recognize that it is a good song. I just don't like okay. it. Okay. I mean, but it is fun to play. I do play like, especially when it, you know, the the G. My least favorite part is the chorus, I guess, with the G, where it's like, you know, it's like. I I like playing that. I don't like how it sounds. <laughs> I really don't. I just like, no. Yeah. That's a very like uh, mother's nature, son kind of thing right. where it's like a descending well, oh, progression. Okay. No, no, no. Mother's nature, son is completely different. I find. <laughs> That's a brilliant song. I love that song. Oh, I know. No, it's a great Paul I McCartney have... song on the White Album Jeff, with a descending. Oh, uh... Is that? Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, it starts... this different i don't know okay i got you i just there's also this song pedals again finally which is you know like a trick that they've been using throughout their catalog yeah it hasn't happened on the album yet where Mm. you go here the song goes from the b minor then you have that you know that uh hey there delilah like rundown and then it goes to the b major well like a B major with an F sharp. But then it, yeah. It's like a, yeah, you'd have a B, but it's with the F sharp. Right. And so, I mean, like, it's it's a more refined pedaling than, like, what they were doing on the bins or something. But it's still, it's a trick that he's used before. I just don't like this direction. Okay. <laughs> like, I find it the completely, you know, it's the antithesis of the climbing up the walls, all I need direction of the band, which is, like, my favorite. This is like this Faust Arp, which I guess the Arp is maybe Arpeggio, short for yeah, Arpeggio. Yeah, lots like of old, Arpeggios going on. The only yeah. thing I could find that made sense, because Arp is not a German word that I could... That you know? No, well, I also looked it up in a couple of dictionaries, and they were like, huh, oh. what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just in some of the songs that specifically Tom seems to like, because he likes Krautrock. You know, I haven't listened to later stuff, but I have let myself listen to The Smile. And it sort of reminds me of, like, Free and the Knowledge song, which I recognize as a very beautiful song. I just don't like it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's move on then. Okay. It's okay. I feel it's fine. <laughs> I'm not that hurt. Um, but let's get to The Reckoner. Or no, is it just Reckoner? Why did I say The Reckoner? Is it- is it's it, just Reckoner, right? Is it just Reckoner? No. Is it? It's just Reckoner. Reckoner. Yeah. Let's get to Reckoner. <laughs> Wait, we should just leave all of that in. <laughs> This is the second song, uh, Weird 
Fishes Arpeggi being the first, where I regret not having followed all of the different versions. This was a song that was on, on, on a lot of the live sets they played, or like almost all of the live sets they played, leading up to recording the album. And that everyone like, okay, this is going to be there with, you know, Down is a New Up, which is not on the album. That's true. And I mean, this song is like a mosh pit song. Like, the original version. The original one, where you have like Tom yeah. like, Rick it up! And so I would just, I would have wanted to be expecting that riff uh, that uh-huh. opens the original version, and then you have this like, you know, like yeah, like what is going on? And then, and then nothing approaching what yeah. that earlier version was. I had heard the original version on some low quality MP3, you know, and I was like, this riff is so good. <laughs> It's that and so then when I heard this song, I was like, what are they what are they doing? What are they they're like <laughs> and it nothing from it appears at all. I don't know, but then what was it like for you when the guitar kicked in? Because I love this guitar part, like <laughs> It's such a wonderful yeah. guitar part. It just took me, I was so out of the song because I knew what that riff was. And it seemed like, once again, Radiohead, you know, like we've talked about how astonishing Nude was, like this old song. Mm-hmm. But this seemed like an example of them just screwing it up. Like they changed Ooh. the whole thing. And then they kept the name just to make us annoyed, I guess. And had I come in with no expectations, I don't know how you could possibly not like this song. <laughs> that instrumental beginning with all the like the drums and the tambourine and shakers, like it's really beautiful. And the way they recorded it is astonishing. It just sounds so great on headphones. Oh my goodness. As far yeah. as like the sound of the album goes, it's up there with the end of all I need. As far as like just a soundscape, I like the song a lot. I'm not going to say bad things about it, but the previous knowledge actually worked against it in that for years, it was my least favorite song on the album. Uh Uh-huh. I think. Wow. um, Okay. For the exact reason that you said. Uh So I'm like, (laughs) I, I, I was in the better boat. I think so. Okay. I I am a little conflicted with it still. This is a song where like I have no concept of what he's saying indecipherable things yeah. when you're just listening. <laughs> I looked at the lyrics and I was like I didn't know any of these words were here. <laughs> I mean, but I mean with the breakdown like when they get to the the the, the A minor like because, I can't sing it my I know cold, it's like, so because. high. And you have this beautiful, like, what is this chord? Oh, yeah, that's a good the one. Ripples on the Whoa. I mean, like that, I would, I listen to the entire album just to get to that 
part where like Tom is like ooh, and then it's like I mean that's that's this G G minor whatever eleven and then this chord by the chord book I don't have it in my head I don't know I love that part and then it goes back. And then they and then they come back to like that original riff, and I'm so happy about it. But you know, whereas like a, with weird fishes and arpeggio, I was happy. I'm happy that they changed. I'm so happy yeah. that this riff comes back. I don't know what he's saying either. I think it's about death. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> take me with you. Yeah, dedicated to all human beings. Yeah, I know. I love that part too. Whenever this album like gets quiet, it's pretty magical yeah just how weird. do they do that right i mean like the i mean this song's i mean so we talked about the the original song with the heavy riff and then this whole thing was based on them wanting to create an ending for it then they just turned it into a whole new song which is kind of fascinating i mean this song is a definite highlight for me i okay. love the vocal performance i love the drums i love the guitar i love the bass i love the quiet i mean the quiet part where it's just like also like the the choral harmonies of tom in the back like going Ooh, you know i'm always surprised when people are like this is the best song on the album oh i wouldn't say that people say like, that? if you look at like yeah if you look at like reddit things um it's usually like weird fishes and then reckoner oh are the ones um and so part of me is just the antagonistic like i don't think this is the best song <laughs> and so i'm gonna try to say like that it's not but i do like it a lot i like the song a lot i don't know if it's my favorite we'll get to that when we talk about it it's well i know i know that it's not my favorite i know that i don't think it's the best song on the album i do think that it's pretty astonishing that seven tracks in like it's still hitting these really gorgeous atmospheric notes what I think I like about this album a lot, and we'll talk about it maybe next episode more, is that there's not any jamming. You know, they have their jam band tendencies that I don't like, and that's just not here. Here it's just the songs. They're very composed songs. Yeah. They're very, like, everything is worked out from beginning to end. Right. And they change as they go on. You know, the ending of this song is pretty yeah. <laughs> it's pretty wonderful. And the effort you can you can clearly see, but it's it's the low point for me so far. Okay, we have um, our low points next to each other, just on entire, yeah. entirely different songs. <laughs> on entirely different songs, it doesn't really mean anything when all the songs are this good. <laughs> um, so next week we still have three more songs to get to. We have House of Cards. Jigsaw Falling Into Place, and Videotape. All the songs on the Anyone Can Play Guitar podcast are by Radiohead and performed by Nick Kendallsberger and Austin Diaz. Diaz.